Blog Talk Radio. today's show and welcome to the I Dig Your Soul podcast. It is Monday morning, June 1st. I have been gone for a week and um, a lot has happened in that week. And I live in Los Angeles, one of the cities where there are the riots, where there are a lot of just very weird new feelings. Um, I looked at my son yesterday and said, my God, in the last three months of your life, you've been through two things that, one, I've seen before. I was here with the Rodney King riots, but he was, I was pregnant with him at the time, and I said, but you've had a pandemic and a riot in the last three months of your life. And I thought to myself, you know, what is it that's going on? Why can we not see what we're doing? And why has it been okay all this time? On so many fronts, not paying people enough for the work they do, not bringing out good food so people can actually be healthy, dispensing medications for blood pressures and for cholesterols and for diabetes rather than taking care of the food. It's like you're born and you get put in this position where everything that tastes good or is addictive is actually bad for you, but you're bringing it in through your own permission. We don't take care of our health. We try to educate ourselves to get ahead. We can't get jobs that can pay for our living for the most part. And I thought, you know, we can lead a horse to water, but why can't we make him drink? And I didn't understand why that saying kept coming to my head. Because I'm like, but who's leading who to water? Who are the people being led to the water? And Christ just over and over and over again. And I'm like, but I don't get it. And I still wrote up the show, and I said, I'm going to show up on Monday morning and see what happens. So this morning, I woke up at quarter to four instead of quarter to five. So I've been up. I'm dressed. I'm washed up. I'm cleaned up. I'm ready to go. The weirdest thing ever happened to me. When I woke up on my way down the stairs to get to my office, I was like, oh, wow, we're we're having riots right now. Almost like I was dropped in this period of time. Oh, wow, we have riots right now. 
oh, race relations are being addressed again. Will there be change this time? Then I started thinking, oh, I do the show today. What was I going to do the show about? Oh, my God, it was like I was out of this reality, and I had to come back into this reality to remember what I was going to do. And I started thinking to myself, I'm starting to get what you said, Christ. How is it that we can give people what they want, but they don't recognize or appreciate or understand that you are actually helping them or that you are the one being helped and you don't understand that? And we may fight that person. We may reject what they want to give us. And then our ego steps in and starts starting, why do you want me to do that? Well, I don't want to do that. And then our rebellion comes out and there's just all this baggage when someone gives us something, an opportunity. It's easy to give people things, but it's not easy to give someone an opportunity to grow and to learn. And then when we don't take those opportunities, we go into this barrage of lessons, and then that opportunity keeps coming up in our head saying, wow, had I taken that, the trajectory of my life would have been different. Still, I thought, we don't blame the victims of themselves, people who can't help themselves. And sometimes we try to help them. But right now, why is this saying beating in my head? And I thought, we don't know what we want. How do we help each other without imposing on what they want because we don't know. So if somebody rejects what we give them, it's because we don't know them well enough to know what they actually want and how they can grow. So I said, yeah, well, we all know we want to get a good job. We all know we want to work. We all know we want to feel fruitful. We all want to feel like each other. We don't want to feel less than each other. The problems we're having now in our world is the less than each other. And it's not just racism. It's economics. It's the way everything is running. And before all this happened, I kept saying to God, I feel like the balloon is going to pop. Whatever this reality is, is this illusion. And everybody's racing, but where are we going? And people are not happy, and people are sick, and this is prior to corona. And I kept thinking, gosh, we're just rinsing and repeating. God, have you led us to water, and did we not drink? Did we make a choice not to participate in what we know is best? Then we got corona. And I thought, oh, wow. And then now we have the riots. And I said, oh, wow, double wow. So, of course, I asked Christ. And I said, what going on? How do we help? 
How far does this have to go for us to see? I live in a curfewed community. We were curfewed last night and the night before. Not even five miles from my house. They were looting. They come in and it's it's like when you see it, we had to watch it on television. We weren't allowed to leave our homes. We had to see people who looked all covered up. It, was, it reminded me of rats on a piece of food, the way they were going into the stores, the way they knocked things down and went in through a little hole. It was just like a little entrance. And I, I had to say to my son, there's a difference between protesting and there's a difference between criminal activity and what you're watching are the cowards. But they're broken. And they're broken because they have been unable to even be led to the water, let alone to drink the water. They are starving souls, and that's how starving souls react. And at this point in time and in life, and this is the obvious one, we all need love. And it sounds so silly to say that, but that's what we need. We wouldn't be doing this. This would not be happening if there was love. So I asked Christ, you know, but why? Because I'm really wondering how far we're going to go down this hole before we can start climbing out. And he said to me, we are entering a phase of togetherness. And I thought of that song, Come Together, right now. Remember that song, Come Together? Entering a phase of togetherness. And we are at a time of no stone being left unturned, and that has been going on for years. It's just that there were so many stones that every single one of them had to change before we can get to these kinds of changes. When God says there's no soul more important than another, he's not kidding. It's not just a good saying. There's a reason that the power of that saying will not go away. So yesterday, I keep watching all this different coverage because I'm fascinated by how pain looks. And we were witnessing pain over and over and over again. People writing me, telling me to do something for my country from India. What are you going to do, Nadia? Someone from Ethiopia wrote me and said, why is your country killing black people? And what I didn't realize is that they were looking at me to make change. I said, well, God, what am I going to do? And he said, not yet. There's more. So this Entering a phase of togetherness made me feel hope 
that even if things get worse, even if we can't stop what's going on or we don't have the manpower to stop what's going on, what's really happening is that we're seeing that we cannot continue to choose which souls are more important than another. There are no choices, and we think there is. And that when somebody individually takes the time to give us an opportunity, we are going to see it as an opportunity, and we're going to take it instead of run away from it. And believe it or not, at the height of seeing pain, Everyone's egos are on their sleeve. We are able to see everything. The good, the bad, and the ugly. We are seeing it. The people who really want to help and the people who are helping for themselves. All of the people who are just looking out for they disappeared this weekend. We literally went through a weekend of chaos in our country and no leadership. We are being led to that water right now. And we may, and I hope we do, see this as an opportunity. It's not about getting what we want or what we think others want. Right now it's about we either do go where we are being led or we're going to fight it for a long time and we're going to fight each other. And the rejection of our opportunities becomes a barrage of lessons over and over again. We are growing souls. But if this is the phase of togetherness and we don't work together, we're going to see a lot more of what we're seeing because the pain will only get worse. Someone asked me yesterday, and he's like, Harvard scholar and he's asking me and he said what would you do and at first I was like I don't know how do you stop these people how do you stop years and generations of pain How do we go back to that fork in the road and repave that fork in the road with love? We choose the other side. And I keep asking Christ questions like, well, how? what would I do? How would I do it? How would you do it? Because we found that in one-on-one interactions, we can make somewhat of a change. When somebody gives us an opportunity and we take it, how thankful we are that they took the time. Our level of togetherness isn't together at all. We don't even know our own neighbors, let alone someone in a neighboring community. We are now in a phase of lawlessness because the laws became so many And it's all written in Origins of Truth. The laws became so many that nobody is taking responsibility for anything anymore. Everyone is hiding behind the laws that were created 
through the people who represent us that we don't even know. And all of that is changing. I have never seen such a presence of our representations in our governments as I have in this past year. I never knew anyone by name. Now I know certain governors. Now I know certain mayors. But this is the phase of togetherness. And it's not coming easy. I understood why Origins of Truth was written. All weekend long, I kept going back in my head, God, I understood that this way. I understood that this way. And Christ said, we will all learn what we already know, but we are going to learn it in greater depth. And then in greater depth. So we're learning truth and love and purity in greater depth over and over and over again. It made it feel weird to get excited about something. And then Christ said, be careful. Allow yourself to be happy. Even in what we are seeing now. I thought, how could I be happy about what? you have a meal to eat you have a chair to sit in you have a home to live in there's a lot to be happy about I couldn't get away from watching the devastation and as I walked away I couldn't find I couldn't find that smile but Christ was leading me to the water And I made myself drink it. I made myself stop and think about what does make me happy. What can I do? Not out of fear, but out of strength. But I didn't even see what he said to me as an opportunity until I listened. Then I said, oh, I get that. I know now that we need to balance. And in your life, just today, let's take today. What if you looked at your life as an opportunity? Like, wow, I have one more opportunity to live another day. Good about my day. What can I do that will make me happy? Because the stronger you are, the more balanced you are, the more balanced the world around you is. And that does have a ripple effect. We don't think about it because we think, oh, what difference does it make? I won't see it. Your life will see it. Our lives will see it. What's happening now is because nobody was doing that. It's so interesting how connected we are and how this time is entering a face of togetherness. That's our opportunity. Talking to our children, helping our children, talking to our friends, helping our friends, talking to our family, helping our family, knowing who we get along with so that we can grow through them to reach out to a further world. Over the weekend, I was asked to help students that were supposed to graduate the traditional way. 
And I said, instead of looking at it at what they're missing, because they are missing their graduation, and I understand that, but forever in history, every story that they may tell their family, their children, their grandchildren, people they know, that they were one of the graduates who couldn't graduate a traditional graduation because of a pandemic. And if you live in a big city because of a pandemic and riots. But this also goes back to show all of us how one person can make change. We saw one man, one police officer, create this spiral of change that we are all seeing right now. Because that change was ready and waiting the day if we can address the pain we can begin to heal as a country, first as a city, as a country, and then as a world. We cannot get away with not being together. We cannot get away with leaving any soul behind. There was another thing in Origins of Truth that Christ said, that if one person is left hungry in our world, We have not done our job. One person. It has been really hard for me to come out and start saying, hey, you know what, we need to change our world. For 18 years, I talked about changing ourselves, growing ourselves, seeing ourselves. And boy, Christ is just throwing out the punches right now. I mean, I can't believe the things that are going through my head. And still, I hold back even till now because it's just too much. Again, what was written in Origins of Truth, things will either be black or white. No pun intended on that. But it's time. We can see the dividing line clearly. And we've seen the people who are pushing all the buttons hiding over the weekend, not addressing their own country and saying, hey, we're in turmoil. What are we going to do about this? It's all about pointing more fingers. I talk to people who are in full support of what's going on in our country, say, Okay, I gave a free pass for this, and they're starting to be honest now. And I gave a free pass for that, but I can't can't forgive that our country was not addressed this weekend. And yes, they're going to come up with a fancy story as to why during the week. But this has already happened. The fact that we are seeing our opportunities to speak the truth, to call an ace an ace, to stop trying to gaslight ourselves just to get along because we weren't getting along. The minute we didn't go with the gaslight, whatever it was, we were out, which is the biggest fear of not being counted. And yet we counted such a large part of our population out and didn't care, all driven by that insecurity of not fitting in, yet it was okay 
to not allow others to not fit in. When God says togetherness, he doesn't mean just your group or just my group. Lack of respect creates lack of truth. Lack of truth creates lack of love. And lack of love injures and takes away our innocence with each other. God didn't make a mistake. He made us in different colors, different shapes, different sizes, and we decided to use that against each other. I remember my parents being scared of us assimilating with Americans. And I'm like, but do you realize your kids are American, that we were all born here? But that didn't matter. It's because they were scared. They didn't understand that way of life. What was the difference? But I didn't see a difference because I was in other people's homes that were American. But my parents weren't, so they didn't understand. We didn't go to neighborhoods, certain neighborhoods. We didn't go to certain homes. We didn't go to any homes at some point. So we never saw the similarity. So their fear had to be the way my life was run. But it wasn't fair. It wasn't fair to the people and it wasn't fair to me who saw a bigger world. But if you take that and you make it way bigger, I remember saying to my mom who... My sister married a a Catholic boy. At the time, he was a boy. Now he's, like, older than me, but you know. And she married him, and his mother was a devout Catholic, and my mom's like, I can't relate to them. They're not my religion. I'm not going to see them in heaven. I thought, how could you not see them in heaven? Where, Where did you get that from? She said, it's in the Quran, and if you change your religion, I won't see you either. I'm like, wow, really? I said, what if you were born Catholic? You'd be saying that about a Muslim, and you'd be scared of a Muslim, depending on how the world told you to think about them. We all live in one home. One home with a bunch of different boxes. And the walls on the boxes are falling off. And in this time, we are forced to see each other as people, and we are going to start to heal once we can do that. Our being led to the water. And my prayer now is that we take this opportunity to all drink the same water. It doesn't mean that we all get to live the exact same life. We don't need to be to the level of boring and that complacent. But we need to celebrate our differences, our gifts, our cultures. This whole us and them mentality doesn't work because there is only an us. And for the first time since I saw Christ, I'm starting to hear that language. I've heard someone say, we're souls. And I thought, I can't believe we have to shout that as though we didn't know. But we didn't know. We didn't treat it as though we knew. 
There's a lot to be seen in all of our lives in this next year. It's already not pretty. It's already crazy. It's already right at that brink where we are reeling back to that fork in the road. And may we pray that we can see it that way and that we do find a way to repave this road with love. We have to start cleaning our communities, educating our people. They are all ours and we are all theirs because we are all one community. I thank you guys for being here. I missed you guys last week. And I'm sorry, such a serious topic on Monday morning, but it's a pretty serious world right now. I love you guys, and I will see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. You have been listening to today's Daily Dose of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show. To learn more, visit www.nadiakhalil.com.